Welcome to the Native Diamond Podcast. Oh shit! What you waiting for? Yo, what the fuck is up everyone? Seth Mick here from Native Diamond Podcast. I really do appreciate everyone that's checked out the podcast. It really does mean a lot to me. Today's episode, I'm featuring Tom Byrne from the band Galleons and Valiant Hearts. I really want to thank Karen. Thank you so much for setting this up. It's always a pleasure working with you. And this episode is for fans of Emerosa and Dance Gavin Dance. Now, even if you're not a fan, you should really look into this episode. I feel like there's a lot of content that's valuable to like do-it-yourself musicians. And on today's show, we're going to talk about new music from Bring Me the Horizon and Architects. We're going to give you some updates about Galleons, Valiant Hearts, also the latest release, Hate the Player, Not the Game, signing to Famine Records, some meanings to some lyrics from the album Metropolis, the drama with being compared to another band, and much, much more. So if any of that shit sounds interesting to you, or you just want to hang out and then listen to some music in the mid-roll, let's fucking go! What's up, my dudes? Seth Mick here. This is Native Diamond Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in, as always. And today, I'm hanging out with Tom Byrne, vocalist of Galleons. Thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> and you're in Australia. What part of Australia? I'm in the Gold Coast in Queensland. So right now, it is, what, almost 9 a.m.? <clears throat> 9 a.m. here. And uh, yeah, that's, that's East, East Coast Australia. Oh, sick. And yeah. it is six o'clock here, PM. If you've never seen the show before, I start off with icebreaker questions. They're about 25 or so off the top, either or style questions. All I ask is that you say the first thing that comes to mind and you can always pass if you don't feel like answering. Sure thing. All right. I'll kick it off with the first one. All right. Who had a better album this year, Polaris or Fit for a King? Ooh. Fuck. Um, oh, I, just out of Australia, a bit, Polaris being out of Australia, I have to say Polaris. Nice. Polaris for sure, yeah. Um, <laughs> I think I'd be, uh, I think I'd be strung up and, and hung if I didn't say that. Well, <laughs> I would have said the same thing, honestly, but you know. It was a fucking damn good album. It was a good album. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, Above My Head was probably my favorite track from that. Yeah, dude, for sure. Um, that was tough and I'm doing a, um, album of the year episode towards the end of December. Uh, Oh yeah, Um, cool. So (laughs) we're going to talk all about the, all these metalcore albums that came out this year. It was a lot. It was overwhelming. It was a lot. 
<laughs> yeah, it always is overwhelming. And you, like, yeah, it's a lot to get through for one year. Yeah, yeah, because like, you know, you want to listen to it a couple times before you just give it a position or give it a place. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then you end up, yeah, all these other ones end up coming out and you, you just keep changing positions of each one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, next question. Uh, which did you prefer life pre COVID or how it is currently? <laughs> um, so in Australia, not much changed if I'm being honest. Um, like legitimately all the, all the stuff that's gone on in the U S with it and, and like Europe and all that stuff has been like probably a thousand times worse than how it has been in Australia. Like Australia, I think we shut down for maybe like two weeks and then mm-hmm. everything started opening back up. And now basically life is back to normal. My life personally, um, both pre-COVID and post-COVID didn't really change. Mm-hmm. Um, so I work as like a graphic designer in, in, a, in a pretty secluded office, right? So mm-hmm. there's only like five people in that office. And my life before COVID, that was the case. My life after COVID is, is literally the same thing. So <laughs> yeah, if I had to, if I had to choose... Um, <laughs> obviously for everyone else's sake, life pre COVID, because then we get shows back and we get, we get live, live shows back and all that sort of stuff. So hopefully we get to that point again, but yeah, it's like, you, <laughs> if I chose, if I chose post COVID, I guess like they'd be like, well, a, a lot of people out there are struggling at the moment with, with what's going on, especially in the music scene. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like it would be a, a, I don't know, not a shitty thing to do, but a, a questionable <laughs> thing to do to choose life post COVID. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, yeah. yeah, I totally feel that. Um, in a sense, I guess like for me, cause like I'm kind of a hermit anyways, I don't really, yeah, yeah, me too. Um, I think the only, like there, there have been some takeaways, I think, and it's yeah. been like to stay at home more. Like I've appreciated yeah. that. You know what I mean? And yeah, for yeah sure. I mean, what you mentioned. Yeah, for sure. I mean, for everyone <laughs> yeah. else's sake, pre-COVID is the way to go. Yeah. Um, next question. Loathe or era? Oh, I got to go with loathe. I lo- like, even though they're, um, you know, they've been, I mean, I mean, they've been praised by Deftones actually by Chino Marino for like doing <laughs> the Deftone sound, but like in their own way. Um, and as someone that's been in a band that's like, you know, tried to take sound, band A's sound and then do it in your own way, I, I definitely get that feeling. Like from, from low, they, I kind of know um, like the, the comparisons that they get to like Deftones because my other band has been like compared to Hands Like Houses and all that stuff. So I definitely get that. Um, and Loathe's music in terms of just like, I like both bands, but Loathe just, oh, it's yeah, yeah, I don't like I love that band. Yeah. Loathe for sure. Yeah, they're super sick. And I mean, they're kind of new to me. I know they've obviously yeah. been around for a while, but um I, I've kind of just heard about them this year. But I mean, I'm glad I did. It's better late than, than absolutely. Ever. <laughs> absolutely, yeah. Uh which do you prefer? Hip hop or hair metal? Oh, hip hop for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I like I like hair metal, like even <laughs> even like, like Motley Crue and all that sort of stuff. Like mm-hmm. I still listen to that. Cause like my, uh, my dad was, my dad brought me up on that sort of stuff, but like, mm-hmm. I got to go with hip hop. Like I, I can't not go with hip hop um, <laughs> just because I, I don't know. It's like, it's like a lot of what we uh, put into our own music, like with galleons, like with our last album before this new single, 
um like that had a lot of hip-hop elements uh quite a few trap elements um so like we we have a big uh we get it we get a big influence from the the hip-hop scene for sure cool um what have you been like jamming recently uh as far as hip-hop is concerned uh not probably not much i probably i've probably been staying away from actually listening to quite a bit of music because when i when we're writing material and i'm writing another album for valiant hearts my other band at the moment Mm -hmm. i tend to not it's weird i tend to do the opposite i tend to not listen to too much music Mm -hmm. um and that for that reason it's just so i don't accidentally pull too much in for inspiration i guess from one point um so i haven't really been listening to too much hip-hop i think the last uh the last sort of like hip-hop sort of rap album that i listened to was uh tyler the creator's igor which was is that this year or last year um i believe that was last year yeah i think it was last year so that probably would have been i listened to like singles here and there um this year but since mm-hmm. i've been writing a lot i don't tend to listen to too much just in case i like you don't want to like pick up a melody from somewhere and then accidentally use it in your song and then people have people call it out for like being a ripped off melody from like a super popular pop <laughs> yeah. track or something yeah so i get that i try to i try to steer clear of listening to too much of the the stuff on the super popular end that's like mainstream right now just in case that happens because mm-hmm. um because it can happen and it can get you in a lot of trouble <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm sure it. yeah um, um can you can you get sued for uh stealing oh, yeah. melody oh, okay <laughs> oh yeah yeah um bring me the horizon was a i didn't i don't think they got sued but they I think it was their song Nihilist Blues. They uh, they like copied a melody or a or a or a vocal line or something from one of Evanescent's songs. Or not copied, but like unintentionally uh, put like a, a melody that was either a copy of or really close to a copy of an Evanescent song. Mm. And then uh, and then Evanescence almost took them to court and sued them for using that. <laughs> Jeez. Um, but they actually that's how that's how they got the singer of Evanescence on their latest EP from that <laughs> that lawsuit almost happening so that's pretty cool that's cool uh, i didn't know that but yeah you can totally get sued for using another band's like melody or or uh yeah or i don't know vocal line or something in one of your songs it's crazy that's intense yeah. wow you learn yeah. learn something new every day <laughs> yeah yeah that was really cool when i found that <laughs> out um all right so which would you rather do go back in time and redo a certain part of your life or jump ahead to the future oh i feel like jumping ahead to the future is always a tricky one because you always miss out i mean like you you always get the like the result of Mm -hmm. what could happen but you always miss out on the parts in between (laughs) right so um going back in time i feel like as long as i could (laughs) as long as i could come back again in time to the future or to the present i would go back in time Mm -hmm. otherwise send me forward in time (laughs) nice yeah uh, who's a better vocalist, Jake Lors from August Burns Red or Jeremy McKinnon, a day to Ooh. remember? I'm screwed. Whichever way, whichever way I go on this. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, I've I probably listened to more. I wasn't really like too much into the the um, the uh, a day to remember stuff, and uh, like I didn't come into the Warp to a scene until like very late, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, I um, yeah, I probably didn't come into there until Warp to it was like almost gone yeah um, which is crazy so i was never really into like the whole uh a day to remember sort of side of things mm-hmm. and that sort of sort of camp of people and that sort of popularity of them um so i, I really i've listened to more august burns red probably than 
a day to remember. So I'll go with August Burns Red. Nice. But Jeremy's Jeremy's fucking fantastic as well. Yeah, super good. Um, I think often imitated, uh, especially with the Easy Core stuff. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Um, have you heard the new A Day to Remember single? Uh, no, Brick Wall. No, I haven't. I saw I saw that come out, and I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet. <laughs> I need to but listen I'll, to it again. I'll give it a crack. Is it? Yeah. What's it like? Is it more like in the vein of their older stuff, or does it sound a bit more fresh? Or um, it's it's pretty fresh. Um, okay. Honestly, good. all the stuff that they've been putting out, um, you know, it's them, but they've definitely yeah. gone in that direction. So they've evolved um, in a yeah. way. Yeah. But I, good, I'm yeah. not I'm not hating on it. I like it a lot. Uh, mm. Did you listen to the new August Burns Red uh, Guardians? Um, I don't think I've had a chance to listen to that yet. I think I listened to a few singles, and then I probably started writing uh, more music this year, and then I stuff just ended up falling off my radar. <laughs> yeah, I understand. There's, I mean, yeah. there's been a lot. Like we so mentioned. much to listen to. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, it's pretty good. I recommend it, man. Like I think, yeah. especially if you're a fan, I think you'll like it a lot. Uh, they yeah, definitely, absolutely. yeah. They definitely evolved, and um, I like what I like what Jake's doing uh, now. <laughs> Not that it's totally different. Um, I just feel like he's coming to his own screaming voice yeah, sweet. a lot more. Yeah, sweet. Yeah, that's that's all you can ask for as a vocalist to just be thought of as your own vocalist. <laughs> yeah, just I guess that like, vocal color. Even if you, yeah, even if you pull inspiration from another vocalist or something, like the goal is to one day get to a point where people are like, "That's that dude's voice." Yeah, for sure. Yeah um which all right so like hold on i'm trying to think of how to phrase this all right so uh which have you spent money on recently tattoos or video games oh definitely video games uh ps5 i just got uh luckily i just got it i was like i think one of the last people in before it uh before the the game or we have we have eb games i think you guys have um uh what do you guys have in the u.s you have it's like GameStop. Um, GameStop, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So GameStop is basically sorry, EB Games is basically our GameStop. So I got into EB Games. Um, it must have been like 30 minutes before they all sold out. Mm-hmm. So oh, it was shit. super lucky. And uh yeah, I ended up grabbing one, which is lucky. So I've been playing the Demon Souls remake on that. Um, I don't actually have any tatters yet. I I yeah, I don't have any yet. I've been meaning to. I was I was gonna start getting them before COVID and then COVID happened. Mm-hmm and um <laughs> yeah obviously <laughs> obviously no way to get tattoos with covid going on um, um i just got, i think i yeah. just got one here recently oh sweet yeah um it's like my lower neck area so that was pretty pretty intense yeah yeah that must fucking hurt <laughs> <laughs> fucking, i mean yeah, they, must, really they all i mean they all hurt in general but yeah oh that was painful to, yeah i'm sure you get used to, i'm sure it's much easier on the arms and stuff than it is the, the chest yeah, like any kind of extremity, I feel like <laughs> depending on where it is, it, it really blows. And yeah, fuck, oh, the neck man. must hurt just because all, all the uh, all the all the nerves. It's so bad. Like from the <laughs> yeah. moment they started, I was like, it's just hard to find that happy place. Like you know, yeah. Usually when you're getting a tattoo, you find that happy place and you can just zone out. But it's I'll try and remember that. that. Yeah, oh, I'll remember man. that for when I go. <laughs> <laughs> my thing is all right so i mean don't listen to my advice ever but <laughs> when you do get a tattoo and you're laying on your back try to avoid counting ceiling tiles or something like that <laughs> oh fuck <laughs> yeah but anyways um which would you rather have the ability to fly or read people's minds 
Oh shit. I think, I think fly, I think reading people's minds is a bit much like you, <laughs> especially <laughs> if you couldn't turn it off. Like if you couldn't oh, yeah. turn that shit off and you were just getting people's like, Oh, uh, that'd be, that'd be the worst. Just getting all these, all these people talking to you without even knowing it, like all the time. That'd be horrible. You wouldn't be able to sleep. No. <laughs> yeah, like, for sure. You'd just be like hearing the next door neighbor's thoughts like every day. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, definitely flying. I think every, yeah, I think a lot of people would go with flying. Yeah, for sure. Um, so if you could go to a show, would you rather stage dive or are you standing in the back? Oh, that's tough. It depends what sort of show it is. I, I probably would never stage dive personally just because I don't want to. I've never broken a bone, so I'm not starting now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for um, sure. So I've never, I've never done it. Probably never will. Um, I'm more of the safe guy to a show. <laughs> yeah, which um, I, I, like, I like going to a show to listen to the music, not so much to, to mosh and all that stuff. All right. Yeah, I get that. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, you can do both. Don't get me wrong. You can do both. Oh, yeah, for yeah, sure. for yeah. sure. Um, no, I feel you. I mean, I'm <laughs> I'm a standing in the back guy now. Um, I used to be all about the moshing and stuff like that. Yeah. But um, I don't know. Yeah. I've kind of had a couple bad instances where it could have went really sour really fast. Yeah. Like, so it was my brother. Yeah. Mm. My, yeah. It's crazy. That sort of shit. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, I remember specifically I was at a Chelsea Grin show and uh, this was like when they still had Alex as the vocalist yeah and uh, some dude was trying to open up the pit i mean it was pretty crowded because it was a club show and yeah. um you know how they do when they're trying to open the pit and they're pushing on you and, and yep. i don't know i just wasn't feeling it that day like i was trying to i was literally trying to hug the stage to avoid being in the pit and yeah, I, I just wanted to be up close and uh the dude just kept bumping me and shit and uh, eventually I just shoved the shit out of him. And I was just like, I just, I just wanted my personal space that day. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I was like, I, I'm just yeah. not, I'm not down with this right now. So it could have went really bad, but uh, yeah, you gotta, yeah, that shit's gotta be, um, yeah, <laughs> that's really, <laughs> really scary shit. Sometimes. Um, there was one time I went to a Vans Warped Tour, um, festival and I think it was with my brother. It was maybe like, Oh God, I don't know how many years ago it was. It must've been like eight years ago now, maybe, or something like that. And, um, he, I, I came out. Okay. He came out with a broken hand. <laughs> Jeez. So yeah, I think it was, I think he was at like a bring me the horizon thing. Cause that, he would have probably only gone to see that band. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, he came out, he came out with a broken hand and like a bloody nose. And I was like, okay. Uh, <laughs> like this is, this is what this is. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. That's probably why uh warp tour had to shut down I'll, for yeah. Time being the yeah, lawsuit <laughs> yeah i can imagine um next question all right so it's another band one uh issues or bill murray oh fuck um shit uh, tyler tyler carter allegations aside i would uh, probably still uh, it's that's a really tough one for me because like tyler was a huge inspiration as a vocalist to me both him and him and Johnny's voices. Um, so while I would probably go issues for e- even just the instrumentals alone, I still fucking love Johnny Frank and Bill Murray. Like I've been, that's what I've been jamming recently. Actually, I've been mm-hmm. uh, listening to uh, Johnny's new, uh, new EP with Bill Murray. And that's been, Oh, that song with that song with jo- uh, John mess and Rory from Dayseeker is just mm-hmm. fucking phenomenal. Yeah. Um, I'd still go with issues mainly just for the, the musician uh, musicianship mm-hmm. I still i still think 
think like Bill Murray has fantastic instrumentals and vocals and all that stuff, but um, Issues' last album, uh, Beautiful Oblivion, was like my top album for the year. Nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah definitely. Um, issues, man. Yeah, allegations aside, solid band. I mean, you yeah, can't yeah. you can't give them any discredit or whatever. No, absolutely not. They're super talented. It's, it's, it's not just about Tyler for that. Like all the guys pull their weight. Yeah, like that's another thing uh, too. It's like these allegations. I, I hate that uh, the whole band gets the reputation. Yeah, it's like you know, it's, it's not all of them. It's just like maybe one guy or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, so that, that's um, tough but i i kind of hope that with issues uh going forward they actually move sky into vocals because he does vocals on the first track of their latest album and he's got a much like his his voice is like super deep and it sounds super unique for their sort of sound um it's kind of like it kind of gives me a uh, fire from the gods sort of feel oh cool but but uh with issues sort of sound so I feel like that would be a super sick mix of those vocals and that instrumental style of that sort of like hip hop gent stuff. Mm -hmm. So I hope they kind of do that. I hope they push Sky into lead vocals, actually. That's um, that's good. <laughs> that's yeah. a really good uh, way to put it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So which would you prefer? Um, microwavable food or fast food? Oh, fuck. I hate both. <laughs> <laughs> Not hate. Hate's a strong word because I just got fucking what's basically a fast food thing for, for breakfast. Um, mm. But I would, I would probably say fast food is maybe slightly better, maybe just because it, it can at least be made, you know, quote unquote fresh, I guess. Right. Not, it's not, it's not fresh, but it's not, you know, been sitting in a supermarket for three months as well. Yeah. Um, so I guess if I had to choose, I would go takeaway just because I can probably get a healthier option at takeaway. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. Um, so with Thanksgiving coming up, do you guys do any kind of uh, festive sit down meal or is there any kind of holiday like that for you guys? Um, we have in Australia, we have, you know, just the, just the big ones really. We have Easter, uh, Easter, <clears throat> uh, Easter, Christmas, um, what else do we have? Um, we have like a bunch of little holidays that are like days off from work or, or stuff like public holidays or mm -hmm. um, every, every now and then there's a few that are like uh, Australian historical moments that we have that are like days off work or, or you know, stuff like that. Like mm -hmm. you guys have like Independence Day or, or other days like that. We have similar ones, but I think, I think the biggest ones we have, yeah, are like Christmas, Easter, um, and then that's that's like really about it yeah we don't have like any big ones like um or, or any other big ones like thanksgiving or halloween like even halloween isn't really i mean given this year with covid and stuff you couldn't really do it anyway because it was you know covid mm -hmm. um but yeah halloween in australia you, you'll be pretty hard pressed to find anyone that actually really does it other than maybe um I don't know, a few people here and there will throw parties, but yeah, we don't really have Halloween or Thanksgiving or yeah, any of those other things. Oh, okay. Well, um, so I was just the question was basically and you can relate this to like Christmas or something like that. So like yeah, a, yeah. like a large yeah. feast. Yeah. Uh which do you fill your plate the most with? The sides or dessert? Oh I'm gonna have to go with sides probably. Like I'm a, I'm a really big dessert person, but like to a dangerous level. <laughs> so like if i start i won't stop i feel you so um i usually 
I usually will fill up on sides to avoid eating too much dessert. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, yeah. who, who would win in this fight? So Brian Mills, uh, he was the guy from Taken. The, oh, the, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Liam Neeson? Yeah, Liam Neeson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I couldn't think of his <laughs> name. I was like, whatever. Yeah. But the character's name is Brian Mills. <clears throat> yep. So yep. him or John Rambo of the Rambo oh. series. Rambo. <laughs> Rambo, easy. <laughs> Hell yeah. Nice. Um, so these are two fairly new bands, but okay. Boundaries or Wargasm? Oh, God, I've heard neither of them. <laughs> um, but I'm going to have to go Orgasm just from the name of the band. <laughs> All right. It was a uh, Wargasm. Sorry. <laughs> oh, war- so Wargasm. All right. Yeah. Just from the name of the band, I'll give them, I'll give them that alone. Nice. Uh, Boundaries is more like a just kind of more straight up hardcore thing. I don't know if you've heard of Chamber, okay. kind of like that. No, I haven't. Yeah, I haven't heard those guys. Unfortunately, I've really got to start after this year. I uh, not after this year, but after this um after I finish writing, I'm probably just gonna go back and listen to everything that I missed. Yeah, I mean that's respectable. Yeah. I totally get that. You don't want to yeah accidentally pull from something, and I I totally yeah. get that. Yeah. All right, so I'm sure you've heard of these bands. I Prevail or Architects? Architects, for sure. I fucking, yeah. Um, Sam, Sam Carter's vocals. I mean, I, like, both bands are good in their own respect, obviously, but, like, how, yeah, how can you go past Sam Carter's vocals? <laughs> um, have, you heard, yeah. have you heard the new Architects at all? Animals? Yeah, yeah. I, I haven't heard Black Lung yet, but I've heard, I heard um, Animals and Animals was fucking fantastic. I love the sound of that. I actually liked that it was... Like I, I'm, I'm like I like the the heavy side of Architects as well as the softer side, but that felt like right in the middle. If you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Um, so, so I really like that that they were kind of blending those two worlds together a bit. Um, and I like Sam's clean singing a lot. Is uh his screams are, are the most u- unique part of his vocals for sure, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, nice. Um, Futurama or Pokemon? Oh shit! I have a lot of Pokemon cards. But I would say that I enjoy watching Futurama more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Futurama is legendary. I mean, it, uh, if, we're, if we're talking about like before they brought it back on the air and it kind of like kind of mm-hmm. fell off a cliff a bit. If we're talking about that original Futurama run, then hell yeah, Futurama. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. I haven't watched a Pokemon episode in a very long time. but Neither have I, yeah. It would be interesting to catch up on it though. Yeah, I used to watch the one on four. Uh, I think it was, I don't remember if it was the same in the US, but it was called like Four Kids Here. I think it might have been the same, but it was like the the original like US dub of the the original Pokemon series. I used to watch that like before school. <laughs> oh, no shit. Okay. So yeah, yeah, that's probably what I grew up watching then. That's what I was yeah. watching. Yeah. Yeah. All right, sick. Um, which do you like better, Circle Pits or Wall of Death? <laughs> uh while i'm outside of them i'd say circle pits are probably cooler to look at (laughs) nice uh what's the biggest circle pit you've ever seen oh um there was a it was weird because it wasn't even like a really heavy band either it was a a band from australia called ocean grove Mm -hmm. um and this was like before they were a uh, support headline uh support sorry support act for hands like houses um, but the venue was like fucking huge. It was like a, like an amphitheater. It was, <laughs> I don't know how many people they fit in there, but it was, it was a big show. Um, and I'm sure there's been probably 
bigger bigger circle pits at like festivals and all that stuff but um yeah that one was really big uh and it was it was probably like i don't know at least at least like 20 to 25 people 30 people large and it was yeah it was <laughs> kind of blew my mind that it wasn't even for like a it wasn't even for like a death metal band or a or a hardcore band it was for like a they're, they're sort of ocean grove sort of like a mix of um i don't know like maybe like a bit of lincoln park here a bit of um like blink 182 a bit of like there are a bit of all those sorts of bands that were mm-hmm. from the like late 90s but like with a more more hardcore sound oh um, cool so pretty interesting but yeah i was surprised that that was the biggest circle bit that i've seen for a, for that sort of band it was impre- <laughs> it was impressive it really was that's awesome yeah uh which headliner would you rather open for Volbeat or Papa Roach? Ooh. Um, I don't think I've listened to much Volbeat. Um, Papa Roach, like how can you go past opening uh, or supporting <laughs> for, for fucking last resort? Like, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Just, just, as a, just as a pure, like just as long as they play that one song, like you're good. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. And, and you know, there would be a, a shit ton of people there. Yeah, for I sure. I think they're a little yeah. bit more like recognizable or, you know, if you saw yeah. them on a on a bill, you would probably buy the ticket. Absolutely, yeah. They're kind of they're kind of like a, you know, a 3 days grace or a, like not as much as a Lincoln Park, but like still as recognizable, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Or or not maybe not as well known, but still people from that sort of when when Lincoln Park like Papa Roach and 3 days grace were all pretty big would probably still recognize Papa Roach. Yeah, definitely. And yeah. I know they're still making new music, which is crazy. I heard yeah. them on the radio the other day. Yeah, it's so weird. But yeah, good for them. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Um, which reunion show would you be most excited for? My Chemical Ooh. Romance or ACDC? Oh, uh, shit. Um, I was br- I was brought up on ACDC as well, but I would say I'd still be more pumped for a My Chemical Romance reunion because it was it almost happened. <laughs> well, it is <laughs> happening. It is happening still, but um, yeah, gotta wait until all the COVID stuff goes away, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. but no, like everyone's everyone's pumped for that. So um, definitely, yeah, I'd say My Chemical Romance for sure. Yeah, you can't go wrong there. Um, yeah, the new ACDC album. Um, I don't know. I haven't really heard it yet. I heard their yeah. new like single, but I was just like, "All right, you know what you're gonna get." Yeah, it's ACDC. It's yeah. They're not trying to reinvent the wheel, but no. so that that kind of reminds me of something that I think is interesting. So like, you know, bands. All right, we'll just say like Bring Me or whatever, or like Asking Alexandria, which would be a yeah. perfect one for this analogy. But so you know, as times progressed and they've changed, um, some people have been for it, some people have been against it. Mm. But a band like ACDC that literally puts out the same album every time they do, yeah. um, you know, it's just like, but that has this like cult following. So it's like, yep. do bands, should they just like find their sound, so to speak, and run with it? Or like, should they always be trying to advance and trying to progress? I think, I think it's, I think it's a mix of both, but I think it's more towards the finding your sound and sticking with it sort of thing. Like you need to do, uh, the perfect example for me would be, um, unf- like hands like houses recently. They, they had, um, you know, they, they had like one of the best debut albums of the 2010s with ground dweller for me. Um, 
And then they like followed that up with like arguably an even better album or a more polished album. And then they had a really good third album. And then unfortunately a lot of people left their sort of, uh, they, they left the band because their fourth album kind of, I don't know how it did for them commercially, but critically it kind of flopped in comparison to, to all the other ones because they went in a more indie, uh, like they were basically a post hardcore band, uh, like through and through post hardcore up until their fourth album. And then their fourth album, they kind of just changed over to like indie rock. Um, and it kind of threw over everyone for a loop. They kind of were almost unrecognizable as a band from that point forward. Mm-hmm. And then even with their, their latest EP, um, they've kind of fallen off even more with that original uh, demographic that they had for, for all their music leading up to their fourth album. Um, they kind of, they've kind of lost a lot of their fan base, um, mm-hmm. I think. Um, I don't know how they're going with garnering a new one um, with their current sound, but a lot of the people that um, that were there for the first say ten years felt very—I don't know if betrayed is the right word—but very disappointed mm-hmm. um, because their sound changed completely and they were unrecognizable as a band. People right. were even questioning if it was the same vocalist because he wasn't singing the way that he used to, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so. I would say that you need to kind of find your sound and stick with it, but also like introduce other elements slowly into your, into your music that makes sense with your sound. Like how bring me the horizon, you know, obviously there's a, they started at deathcore and now they're at, they're, they're almost, they're back doing almost not deathcore, but hardcore, hard, hardcore songs that mm-hmm. remind people of, of that sound that they still had or have. Um, and I, th- I think if a band like takes a break and does say like an album like Amo, uh, which Bring the, Bring the Horizon did, um, I'd say that as long as the music still like has effort put into it and you can still hear that there's like a soul behind it and there's still this, um, you know, there's, <laughs> there's a, the core to the music is still that band. I would say that it's still um, like going on the right path for that band, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I would say if they, the band just does like a complete 180, changes their sound, doesn't sound like that band that they used to anymore, um, then it could, it could really be detrimental for their career because they basically might have to start all over again. All their fans might just abandon ship and then they might have to, you know, yeah, basically yeah. find a whole new set of ears to listen to their music. Yeah, that that's an interesting conversation. I mean, I mean, like you said, like Bring Me the Horizon. That's that's what came to mind when you know you were talking about finding your sound and running with it. I feel like they finally found that. Yeah, and um, I think I think that's helping them grow because it's been kind of consistent since like uh, that's the spirit. Oh yeah, yeah, that too. Yeah, yeah. I'd say I'd say probably Sempaternal is where they kind of like found that sound, and then that's the spirit they kind of refined that a bit more they made it more um i'd say consistent i, I probably wouldn't say mm-hmm. mainstream i'd say because rock really isn't mainstream even in this day and age like mm-hmm. you have like your like your serious xm channels and all your radio channels that are like you know mainstream rock or popular rock mm-hmm. um but in the throughout the whole world throughout the whole music scene rock is still like this very sort of niche thing in comparison to like trap or hip-hop or Mm-hmm. like it's nowhere near as big as those things um so really like bring me has been doing super fucking well with all their all their music since Sempaternal. i feel like 
Um, and yeah, this latest, this latest um, EP just took the album, album of the year or an EP of the year, whatever you want for me, just because I don't know, it's just, it's fucking fantastic. Like it's everything I could have wanted mm-hmm. from a, uh, from a bring me record. Um, it's got the pop side. It's got the, the, the hardcore side. It's got the, you know, the catchy sort of post hardcore vibes of the Lincoln and the Lincoln park vibes. Like it's like every, it's everything that uh, I've been personally listening to bring me the horizon for. Nice. And, um, I feel like if a band can do that and the, the band can like sort of um, <clears throat> give you the best of both worlds, Mm-hmm. like they can give you all the sides of their band that they've sort of had over the years and bring that all into one record and give you that, that sound going forward. Um, like this, this sound that bring me has got right now is obviously working for them. This is like one of their most highly praised releases in since maybe Semper Eternal. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that's what they need to like zero in on now. And they just need to keep going with that until whether they get bored with it again or whether they want to do something different. Like I feel like they should just run with this for as long as they can. Cause yeah. this, what they've got here right now is fucking phenomenal. Uh, that's, that's solid. That's so true. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, I, I mean, I liked uh, Almo and uh, I mean, it was really good, but yeah, I, yeah. I missed the heavier side. And I think, you know, with this latest release, I think they captured all that. Yeah, I think it's like I said, the best of both worlds, which is mm-hmm. as much as like it, which is all you can really ask for as someone who wants both ends of Bring Me the Horizon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice. All right, so which do you like better, Code Orange or Knocked Loose? Ooh, um, I can see you wearing a, a Knocked Loose jumper, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna have to go with Code Orange. I like the sort of um, the avant-garde, sort of more experimental side. Mm-hmm. That, that they have um especially with like again influences that we take for our bands or bands um not specifically from code orange but we like we like a lot of experimental stuff we like a lot of um like uh, max our guitarist um is super like super into black metal super into like a bunch of different hardcore or, or metal scenes mm-hmm. um a lot of a lot of avant-garde stuff a lot of experimental stuff so a lot of that sometimes like bleeds into our music and um you can like hear tones in different places of like little sounds or different sounds that we pick up like i think in this latest song that we just released we have like this latin sort of vibe going on in the background with this classical guitar um so just these little things that we add to either the background or parts of our songs that give them these little twists on on the vibe of just a normal either post-hardcore or metal or metalcore or mathcore song mm-hmm. so yeah I, code orange dan <laughs> to answer the question <laughs> no that's yeah. that's good um yeah it, they scored pretty high on my um albums list of the year <laughs> my top yeah un- underneath was yeah really cool yeah definitely i think um yeah the one before caught my attention a lot forever but um yeah. this one this yeah. one definitely i think surpassed it as far as just something yeah. new <laughs> something different yeah <laughs> Yeah, like I think the first song I listened to that from uh, from that album was uh, "Swallowing the Rabbit Hole," and that was like, oh was, yeah, like, blew my head up. Um, but just like just the creativity behind the uh, just the effects and and the um, the like the harmonic stuff that they do with the guitars on that album and the like the how how the guitars like don't even sound sometimes like guitars they just sound like electronic like 
just yeah they don't it's so weird but so creative and experimental it's uh a really unique sound i guess that i hadn't really heard at mm-hmm. least done that well before um kind of has like a tool vibe to it which yeah is that's cool. that's always my comparison it's like yeah tool core or something yeah yeah absolutely yeah i can see that uh what scares you more creepy crawlies or the paranormal Oh, creepy crawlies for sure. I live in Australia, so. Oh yeah, um, sure. <laughs> so like that's really like kind of blown out of proportion though. The whole like Australia is filled with the deadliest animals on earth. I mean, it probably is. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Australia probably has some of the most deadly animals on like in the world. Um, but they're usually all like, they're not in a the city. They're not in the suburbs. Um, they're usually all out in like the bushland or like in the center of Australia. Mm-hmm. So if you go into the desert or rather the, you know, what's ba- oh, it's basically the desert. Yeah. Um, you, you're bound to find like the most poisonous snakes or the most venomous snakes or whatever. Um, the rainforests also might have some of that, but you know, it, as long as you're in the city or in the, in the suburbs or somewhere that, that has buildings, mm-hmm. usually you'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, for uh, sure. but they, they do sometimes like find their way in, but usually they're not like poisonous or venomous at, like at all. Um, like you'll get like garden snakes or, um, what are they called? Uh, uh, what are, what are they? Not pythons, but like carpet snakes or some, some shit like that. They're not, oh, they're okay. not really, they're not really harmful. Um, they're just kind of a nuisance. Mm-hmm. So you just like got to pick them up, put them outside. Um, but the most things that we get are like, uh, spiders called huntsmen's and they're not like not any danger at all. You can literally just pick them up with your hand and then just chuck it outside and mm-hmm. it won't do anything. Um, Jeez. And that's so, the big one, right? It's like a big spider. Um, they uh, sometimes like they can come from like really they can go from really small to really big. Rarely will you see like a really big huntsman. Like that's a rare thing. Mm-hmm. Um, usually they're pretty small, and you can just like either put them in a cup and then a piece of paper under the cup and chuck it outside, mm-hmm. or or just like let it crawl on your hand and then just put it in the garden. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Nice. Um, so. I liked the whole like, maybe it was a Nintendo game cartridge. Uh, imagery. Oh yeah, the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so I was getting I was getting the NES vibes. So, uh, the Legend of Zelda or Metroid? Oh, Legend of Zelda for sure. Yeah, that was the uh, what was it? Ocarina of Time was the first game I ever played as a kid. <laughs> nice. So yeah, I, I, unfortunately, while I love Metroid, I have to go with legend of zelda because um yeah that was i still have my nintendo 64 from when i was a uh, when i was like 11 years old or <laughs> nine awesome. years old or whatever yeah that's yeah insane. for sure legend of zelda nice all right um and you've probably already answered this but here's the last <laughs> one and it's open-ended uh sure. what is your pick for album of the year um i, I don't know how you classify bring me the horizons ep slash album because it's nine tracks Mm-hmm. but they're calling it an album and it's uh you i think an album is usually over 30 minutes and i think i think this is i think that their ep is over 30 minutes um mm-hmm. so whatever whatever they want to classify it as definitely bring me the horizons uh latest release uh what is it post-human survival horror mm-hmm. that's like that's unbeatable for me right now like nothing i listened to that for like the literally a week straight or or longer nice so yeah definitely that definitely that 
Yeah, definitely a good pick. That seems to be on everyone's radar. Um, yeah. I'm putting them I'm putting them on a separate list for just me personally. I'm putting them on the EP list because that's oh, what okay, yeah. every yeah. review that I'm reading, uh, they're yeah. very adamant on the EP thing. So Yeah. Just because yeah. I think I think it's just gonna be a part of this what like a uh, series of different EPs. Yeah. But they're calling it all the same. I think it's four EPs, four EPs, I'm pretty sure. Um mm-hmm. so it's gonna be like four like seven to nine track eps i'm pretty sure which is pretty sick and then it'll the be this yeah it'll be this like four ep collection of song uh, of of uh eps so yeah it's interesting <laughs> yeah i can't wait to see how it all comes together honestly yeah for sure well thank you so much for playing uh the icebreaker questions <laughs> i hope you hope you enjoyed those yeah you sure did <laughs> nice okay It's fucking time to take a break. I know you guys want to hear some music, and I do too, because this week's Hidden Gem segment is going to feature Galleons, of course. Why wouldn't it be Galleons on their own episode? Wouldn't that be kind of fucking stupid? We're going to play Hate the Player, Not the Game. I really enjoy this track. I really do feel like Tom Byrne is one of the more slept-on vocalists in the genre of hardcore screamo-y type stuff. So listen to a screamos and I hope you guys really enjoy.
you been up to lately oh um as i mentioned before i've been writing so i got i got two bands i got like my my band that uh called valiant hearts that's currently um kind of in uh, i guess you wouldn't wouldn't call it a hiatus but um we're like kind of skipping this year for releases um and spending this year writing a third album um we had our second album come out last year which kind of uh it was kind of a real surprise for us that it blew up as much as we did uh, as much as it did um and uh yeah now we're now we're just kind of focused on writing that third album um and then for my other my current band that we're putting stuff out with galleons um yeah we're just we're just getting all the mixes ready um for new music um and uh just you know just chucking singles out there to test the waters and see see if people are digging this new sort of whether it's new new sound or whatever we want to they want to call it but um it's uh yeah just a, just a lot of <laughs> a lot of work going on at the moment um uh, i really like kind of just like go to work during the week four days a week uh i work just as a graphic designer and then i just come home and work on music every night basically um nice and uh and yeah just just a whole bunch of writing i guess um <laughs> I, I think, didn't know that. You were hearts. Bands. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a lot to kind of kind of keep up with. It's why we've given this year a miss for Valiant Hearts because mm-hmm. um, I wanted to kind of put a lot of focus into Galleons uh, this year, and uh, still going into next year, we still have a lot of work to do um, with what what we got coming. Um, but yeah, Valiant Hearts is more inspired by like Hands Like Houses, uh, Amorosa, all the all these sort of like. I don't know if they're counted as easy core bands. I don't even really core. They're more like alternative rock post hardcore mm-hmm. bands um, that were around in like the 2010s and uh, I don't know, like 20, like probably like 2008 to 2010 or, or 12. Um, and yeah, it's, it's really kind of like, I've always thought of it as one band being like the serious band and then the other band being like the silly fun band. Mm-hmm. Um, Which one is silly fun band? galleons was usually the silly fun band okay. um but now i kind of want to or we we kind of want to um just you know put out like a serious galleons album that is just you know us trying our best to actually like write this really consistent and really 
um, I guess just conceptual. Uh, yeah, well, I guess it's like not a concept album, but it's like just this. We want it to be as solid as possible. We, mm-hmm. we just want it to be um, like uh, our previous album had like a lot of like like a lot of silly lyrics. A lot of um, it was it was very similar like to Dance Gavin Dance. Um, yeah, I was gonna that say, way. I was um, gonna say that about so, the uh, last album that I heard Metropolis. Yeah, yeah. yeah Metropolis. Yeah. Um, so that had like a lot of inspiration from from dance gavin dance in it um okay i can see that all our stuff all all our stuff really has it still does um Mm. but for the new music that we're working on um we just wanted to kind of kind of take away all the silliness for a second i guess or not take it away but kind of um just (laughs) push it aside for a moment and and just write an album that's very uh um i guess it's not, it, it is a serious album, but it, it's, it's not meant to be taken as like, this is the new sound for us. It's just for this one, one album or one project, we just wanted to do something that was, um, I guess, more personal. Mm-hmm. Um, because like with Metropolis, there wasn't really anything personal in the lyrics or in the songwriting of that album. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of felt like, you know, we needed something to, contrast with metropolis um for the next project or release or whatever we do um so we like kind of took away all the the jokes and the silly lyrics for now um and just wrote something that's really kind of personal um and really more serious and and it's actually quite darker and um you can't really tell from from this new single alone but the the rest of the stuff that we've got coming is uh yeah it's quite quite darker than the, the sound that you heard on metropolis so it's, it's okay. quite interesting it's quite interesting to hear it back to back oh yeah um, i'm sure because yeah um it was it was kind of like we needed to almost like not take a break from writing that sort of way like on metropolis like the, the kind of silly side of it um or the quirky side but uh Cause we'd already done that for two albums. We'd done that for our first album, which was called dream machines. And then we did that for the, for metropolis. Um, mm-hmm. and they're both like two quirky and silly fun albums. Um, so for the third album, we were like, you know, <laughs> what can, what can we do? That's different. What can we do? That's still the same sort of sound, but feels different. So mm-hmm. it gives people something like fresh or new from our sound that isn't always just constantly the, the silly, silly stuff. Um, it makes sense. So yeah, it's uh, I really like how how all the stuff that's like being written right now sounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So like, hate the player, not the game. Um, I just wanted to know, like, is there a background story or is there? Uh, um, so it's the name isn't really. We didn't really think. I didn't really think too much about the name personally. It's more about. Um, I guess the name more just kind of references what the song is about. Um, mm-hmm. Cause I think the original quote for that, for that, uh, state that, what is it? A, um, that phrase is like, don't hate the player, hate the game. Right. Um, so I, 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 I'm not sure if like that's been flipped around before another song name. I'm sure it has, but I just flipped it around. Um, and basically the meaning behind it is that, or, or I guess like it's hate the player, not the game is that if the game is like, I'm not trying to get too fucking deep with it. It's not really a deep name, uh, a deep meaning to the, <laughs> to the, uh, to the song name at all. It's more just, um, in reference to like, I guess a point that I was in 
uh, I was kind of in like a dark place not too long ago, maybe like at the, at the start of last year or the end of last year rather. Um, and it was like a, just this really bad situation. So I guess the game kind of refers to that situation. Um, and then uh, I, was, I was kind of blaming the situation for how I was feeling instead of blaming myself for, you know, not being able to, to deal with that situation, I guess. Um, and there's kind of like a lot of self-loathing that goes on in that, that time and like a lot of, a lot of bad shit going on. Um, and I guess, yeah, the, I guess the, obviously the player is like, um, <laughs> it sounds it, like it's, I don't know if it sounds stupid while I'm explaining it, but like, it's like the player I imagine as like the person going through that situation and the situation being the game. So it's like, okay. Yeah. Um, so w- when you get down to it, I guess the, like the song is about responsibility or, or something like that. Um, where it's like, you can't like, I'm trying to say, I guess, to formulate my words into a better place that you can't just blame the situation. Um, mm-hmm. Or, or the things things that are out of your control, you can't blame things that are out of your control for what's going on. Um, you can really only blame yourself if you don't do something to try and change that situation for the better. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess I guess that's that's kind of the meaning that I put into the song. Um, so when the lyrics go like, uh, or, or rather, it's like someone saying that to the person. <laughs> the song, about where it's like she said to hate the play not the game um but i know that they're one and the same um that was really like i wrote those lyrics before i came up with the name for the song and then i was just like oh like (laughs) those lyrics sound interesting i guess i'll just use that as the song title um so yeah that was basically like saying this person is telling me to take responsibility for my own shit that makes Um, sense so that's that's kind of what it means when you get down to it um but yeah, and then I was just like, for the cover art, I was just like, oh, game, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I can't, I can't really explain this whole concept that's going on in my head in one piece of cover art. So I just fucking chucked an uh, NES cartridge on there. And, <laughs> yeah, and the, and the rest cool, is just though. Yeah, it turned out really cool. Um, I, I unintentionally kind of already, um, uh, what's it called? Bring Me the Horizon had their song Ludens that came out last year mm-hmm. that also had like a game cartridge as the cover. So I unintentionally copied. <laughs> that <laughs> but um I, I didn't mean to i didn't even realize that's what i mean by like subconscious things where you just like mm-hmm. pick up something from like a year ago and you're like oh that would be cool on a piece of art or that would be a cool melody mm-hmm. um you just subconsciously put it into something and then someone comments like oh that's similar to the bring me the horizon song cover art and i'm like <laughs> I'm like oh fuck like that's, I get where, that. I, that's where i got that idea yeah that makes um, sense because um i listen to like or like punk rock NBA, I'll I'll watch those YouTube videos yeah, all love, the time. I love, yeah, I love Finn stuff. And then I'll do a podcast, and then I I'll, I'll ask some question that <laughs> some, of some topic that he was talking about about you know yeah. like metalcore and money and yada yada. Yeah. Then I'm like, fuck, why did <laughs> you know? Because I'm like, I, <laughs> yeah. I obviously got that from him. So it's like, yeah, I totally. Feel yeah, no, nah, like <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't dwell too much on it because it's like you can't help it; it just happens. Yeah. And then like. It's like you just just roll with it. It's it's fine. Like, unless it gets you into a lawsuit, I think you can only really worry when it's at that point. So, but that's interesting that you were talking about like, um, you know, you guys kind of similar to Dance Gavin Dance or like maybe pulling from them uh, yeah, quite yeah. often that kind of thing. Um, so like, 
do you think that they're a forerunner in the genre now? I think they're the top of their genre. Like if we're talking post hardcore, mm-hmm. um, they're at the top. Like they're the band to beat right now. I don't think anyone is even close to touching them really. Um, like if we're talking like the whole rock scene, Bring Me the Horizon, I reckon is like pretty much at the top. Yeah, I would say for at, sure. at the top. Um, if we're just talking post hardcore, not even metalcore, um, just post hardcore, I'd say Dance Gavin Dance is, is right at the top. They're the, they're the leading the pack at the moment with their sound because I think so too. I mean, if, if any band can create their own genre, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, like Dance Gavin Dance did, um, like, how can, you, how can you beat that really? Like, that's what <laughs> another band has to do now to beat Dance Gavin Dance. Another band has to come in <clears throat> with such a unique sound and create their own genre, basically. <laughs> that's interesting um yeah because their their fan base is wild man they're and they're yeah. they're very loyal like if, yes if you yeah. don't believe me uh um, yeah. say some trash thing about dance gavin dance on twitter and watch what oh, happens yeah. watch it unfold oh yeah <laughs> yeah yeah like um yeah like i love the community that dance gavin dance has, has got but yeah it's very passionate very very passionate um mm-hmm. And they're very passionate about all the other bands that are in that scene as well, which is, which is very, very cool because if any other Swancore band comes along and they're like, you know, just fucking killing it, that fan base just picks up that band and like just cradles it like a newborn baby uh, and, just, <laughs> and just, you know, gives it love and attention, which is amazing. Um, so yeah, as, as like we entered that sort of, that sort of community maybe i'd say we we really entered it with metropolis like with our first album we didn't really it didn't really kick off too much um mm-hmm. like it was still a good album but it you know we needed a bit more we needed something more i guess more interesting to kind of get our foot in the door and then with metropolis like that that community kind of like took us under their wing and you know gave us a lot of attention which was really cool um and then with this single uh they've like they've just gone nuts with it which is crazy and we've had a lot of help from um our label that we that we've signed to famine records um and they've like been immensely helpful like usually i'm not a label person right i my other band valiant hearts um that's completely independent so that's a completely independent band um we've been doing absolutely fantastic with it and um i've i've basically said that unless something like drastic happens like something big happens that i'm gonna keep that band as independent mm-hmm. um but yeah it's 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 been a lot of um there's been a lot going on lately so <laughs> my <laughs> mind's kind of like my mind's kind of like all over the place right now i feel you um so when yeah. did you guys sign uh we signed i believe uh we've been talking about it since maybe i want to say like mid mid this year like we started the talks about it and then we signed just maybe a month before the uh the new single just dropped so not too long ago yeah not too long um but uh chelsea the owner of the record label we've been good friends for a while so it's a very mutually beneficial ship um that we've got going on and it's yeah it's as long as like as long as we keep putting out good music they'll be happy so (laughs) so that's all that matters to us um on, on both ends we just we just want good music um how long have you guys been on like spotify editorials did you land some from the last album or was this yeah i I think we landed the new core playlist from uh metropolis we landed uh that 
I think it was uh, the 14th song on that album, we got, which was also named Metropolis. We got the, uh, the new core playlist on Spotify um, with that track, I think. Yeah. Um, but that was the only one we got. And then with this new single, we landed two new playlists, which were the, the, uh, the new, Blo- new Blood and Rock Out playlist, which are two pretty big mainstream playlists for, uh, for Spotify. Mm-hmm. Definitely really good. Yeah. yeah, those are pretty huge. Yeah, um, <laughs> I wanted to ask since we're talking about Metropolis, but one line yeah, yeah. that really just re- not resonates, <laughs> but it sticks in my head was yeah. um, it was a line about something. Let's have a metal baby. <laughs> or something. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So the song Cyber Sex. Um, <clears throat> yeah, that's right. I was I was playing the game, uh, and someone like a lot, a lot of people have guessed what this is about, but I was playing the game. Um, <laughs> Uh, the game near Automata, um, and that's basically a game about like these android, uh, like android humanoid beings that basically are unable to reproduce. But then in the game, you find this colony of robots um, that are basically like these. They're more primitive robots um, that are they're basically like you walk on it, you walk in on the cutscene, and they're basically just all fucking. Oh shit! Um, and trying to make like these little baby robots, and it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> um that's funny. so that was the scene that kind of yeah that i was thinking of when i was writing that and uh it's just <laughs> a weird song but that's that's what i mean when i when i'm talking about like the silliness and the and the the kind of quirkiness of of that sort of writing that we did on metropolis no i love it it's funny um yeah. i like yeah. stuff like that um yeah me yeah yeah you know you you always have those emotional records, sure, but then yeah. you gotta have some. I think you have to have like those fun bands, those things you could just turn on when you're not uh, feeling any type of absolutely. way. Absolutely, you know. Yeah, yeah, I absolutely agree. Like Metropolis was a an album that we wrote. Basically, it it just kind of all uh, came from random places. Like we had these songs mm-hmm. that were like maybe like two years old that we just took. And- and we just repurposed into a, a Metropolis song, um, or we just wrote new songs uh, around the sound of those ones that we've we'd had for a long time, mm-hmm. and that kind of like is how Metropolis came to be. So it was kind of just it wasn't really thought about, like it wasn't preemptively conceptualized. It wasn't really an album that we put too much thought into. Um, we kind of just let what happened happen, um, and yeah it, it kind of just became a 15 track album um, uh, how long did it take to like write and figure out uh, all the parts and stuff yeah that was that was uh, a long process it took like two years to do metropolis um, oh, okay and the the writing was about like a year of it um but we start writing a new album as soon as we're finished writing the the, the like um as soon as we finish writing an album we're straight into writing a new album that's how that's how we do things Um, yeah so this third album that we're writing right now um or have finished writing rather um the more serious album it's like very much inspired by uh emeros's self-titled album from 2010 okay Um, so it has that sort of vibe to it in a lot of the songs um but this one we started writing as soon as we finished metropolis so (laughs) that's awesome yeah what i like about your band is um you know, because like Emerosa, obviously. Well, you guys, you guys are similar in the fact, but I think you guys definitely have like your own sound. But yeah. um, yeah. uh, I like it because it's like 
I don't feel guilty for listening to it like I do like every <laughs> yeah. set. Yeah, like it was all yeah. stuff going on. So it's like yeah, yeah. You always got that Johnny, that Johnny, <laughs> the the, the uh, what's it, what do I call it? The um, yeah, the the Johnny guilt in the back of your mind. Yeah, so to anybody yeah. who's listening, if if you feel some type of way when you listen to Amorosa now, go check out Galleons. I think you'll <laughs> I think you'll you'll like it and you won't feel all the guilt. <laughs> yeah, but I like uh Amorosa self-titled. Um that album is like my number one album of all time. Nice. Um, and I definitely uh, see the influence. Yeah, and uh when I when I was learning how to sing, I was just basically how I learned to sing was by doing covers of that album over and over again. Mm-hmm. um just because i i just yeah i loved like singing a toast to the future kids i loved singing um a lot of the songs from that album um and you know obviously if you're singing a certain song you're kind of going to pick up things from that vocalist's voice whether mm-hmm. you like it or not because you're trying to sing that song the same way as it was originally sung mm-hmm. um so yeah like over like two years of me singing that that album um i kind of just picked up a few things and i guess that's why people say that i sound similar to johnny um in some ways uh but yeah like i like i mentioned earlier um you kind of want to get to a point as a vocalist where you kind of have your own sound as well so while while i don't mind like being compared to, to johnny at all even if i'm not as good as him or whatever um that doesn't matter to me i just want eventually somewhere down the line for people to go oh that's that's that vocalist not just <laughs> that's that vocalist that sounds like johnny if you know what i mean yeah for sure yeah uh, that kind of leads perfectly into this question that i really thought about before uh you know i spoke to you because i always try to at least yeah. have like just one question that i really did <laughs> think about instead of just uh, winging it like always yeah yeah um, so all right my question is like now that we're in 2020 and it seems like everyone everyone has like a bedroom studio band or just mm. something some that they've put together, some kind of project. Yeah. Uh, so, since everything's so kind of saturated at the moment, how do you differentiate yourself and your band from everyone else? And like, how do you get your band to stand out now that you can't play live shows and like you Ooh. have to just use what you're what's accessible, I guess? Yeah, well, we've... <laughs> We've never played live, so that's one thing. Um, like, we're, we've we've always been a bedroom project uh, since the conception of the uh, the band. So, like, mm-hmm. uh, Max, Eugene, and Sergey, uh, uh, the other three band members that play with me, and they're all in Russia. So, um, so yeah, we've never even met each other. We we just communicate daily uh, online. So mm-hmm. when when all of this COVID stuff started happening and all these bands were like, well, fuck, how do we write music and how do we, how do we do stuff? How do we make music without being in the same room as each other? Mm-hmm. Me, like me and the guys were just like, uh, like, I think it was bring me the horizon actually that, <laughs> that I saw say this specifically. They were like, um, you know, like we've had to overcome these challenges where we've had to learn to, to be able to write music um, when we're not in the same room. And I was just like, like we've been doing that for like five years um, yeah and and i was like it's not as hard as it sounds like it's it's really um people are always like oh oh like they must like really really struggle to write music because they're not in the same room but no it's like one of the, it makes it so easy as long as you have the right tools to do it mm-hmm. and to i guess differentiate your sound it's just about it's not always about really differentiating i guess because like like we people compare us to dance gavin dance and that's fine i think it's about finding um 
or rather every every musician is going to have their own quirks to their music that make it sound unique mm. um i think it's just about finding a sound that works for you as a band even if it's a similar sound to someone else and just doing that sound as best as you can like to the best of your abilities to the best of your the tools that you have at your disposal um and then just writing the best music you can um uh and and just seeing how it goes like even if you get compared to another band um that could actually help you in the long run because you might get compared and people might go this band sounds similar to this band check it out Mm -hmm. um so i think you will always be differentiated by your sound regardless of what you do okay because as as i mentioned every musician is different they all play different ways they're all going to have different traits of their personality that go into their music um so inherently that music is going to sound different from or, or not different but have unique elements to it compared to other things just because of the person that's playing it mm-hmm. um and yeah like we both my bands and i'm in have always been compared to other bands mm-hmm. it's really always been beneficial because it always either gets drama out <laughs> um <laughs> and people are always either like shitting on the music for being too similar mm-hmm. um which is which is okay because that just gets us more attention right um or or they praise it for being similar but unique enough uh in its own right to to stand on its own um, which is also good because then you get positive praise from, from, you know, everywhere else that gets, gets shared around and, and posted to other places in there, you know, um, like, yeah, it just, it just, it just helps being compared to another band sometimes. Mm-hmm. And you shouldn't really, um, as a musician, you shouldn't be afraid of that happening. I guess I was afraid like <laughs> of that happening with my original band with, uh, with, uh, sorry, not my original band, my original band's Galleons. That was the one that started first. Um, but with Valiant Hearts, I was really afraid of being compared too heavily to, to Hands Like Houses. Um, but I've learned to accept that basically because it's been so beneficial for us. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so like, how did, um, you know, Galleons, how, how did it get as many streams as it has now? Like, what did you mainly like focus on? Did you focus on like advertisements? Uh, um, what's up? Yeah. So with Metropolis, um, Metropolis, we were still independent. We only signed with uh, Famine for this latest single and, and music going forward. So all the success that's been from this single has really been uh, like, I can't thank Chelsea and, and the team at Famine Records enough because they've given us a, a lot of support in the, in the marketing and uh, an advertising department that we like for just stuff that we had no idea how to do. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of, a lot of new things that we've learned just from partnering with um with famine records um having them being able to manage the sorts of ads that we put out has definitely helped and them knowing which demographics to target to basically like you know help drive people to spotify and all that sort of stuff Mm -hmm. um but with metropolis metropolis was interesting because i did all the marketing and all the advertising myself um as an independent band when we were still like putting out singles for metropolis and stuff um honestly it's just about reaching out to people that that you would be too afraid to reach out to otherwise mm-hmm. um because sometimes you never know uh you never know what they'll say like you never know they might say no they might say yes you really don't know until you ask mm-hmm. um so like i had some contacts from when i was marketing the last valiant hearts album that 
I, I had that I used for Galleons and I used that for Metropolis. Oh, okay. um, there were a few, there were a few places that, you know, were online, online articles or online um, magazines or stuff like that, where um, some people said no, some people said yes. Um, and that really just does help like little bit by little bit. Um, and then other than that, it, it's just about, you know, um, spending a bit of money on Instagram and Facebook advertising that always helps. Mm-hmm. Um, Instagram is a lot better to advertise on than Facebook. Uh, Instagram has a lot better engagement than, uh, than Facebook does for advertising for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really just about having, you don't need to have a huge budget, just have a little bit of budget. Maybe like, I don't know, like a, even like a, uh, 500 bucks can mm-hmm. get you going for a single. Um, and just, just use that wisely, use it in the right places. So like Instagram advertising, maybe reach out, out to some people for some, um, some articles and then you're, yeah, you're off and running. Like that should be sometimes all you need. That's interesting. Yeah. I've been kind of debating on stuff to do for my podcast or whatever. Yeah. Um, I, I've literally, I haven't spent any money on like ads or or any yeah. kind of promotion honestly like i've done everything like organically and it's gotten yeah. a lot bigger than i ever thought it would <laughs> but yeah. uh, look or, like people don't underestimate organic reach either like organic reach can be super good as long as like you're um it, it's just like talking to the right people even like on twitter just like re like i don't know just um engaging with other people's stuff and getting them to engage with you hmm. um like just being being active in whatever community you've made or whatever like community you have that like listens to your stuff um Mm -hmm. like on twitter especially we're extremely active with everyone that like will will comment on whatever someone shares with like to do with our music we'll say thank you we'll um ask them like how they're enjoying it like Mm -hmm. just engaging with your community is one of the most beneficial things you can do for organic reach Mm -hmm. yeah that's awesome. Yeah, I appreciate everything that you're saying. Um, I think there's a huge like DIY presence on the show. A lot of a lot yeah. of my friends in bands and stuff like that, a lot of them are indie and a yeah. lot of them are like newly signed. So, I mean, I think even when you're, you know, just got signed or whatever, I'm, I've been getting a lot of response from people that that doesn't mean you've made it by any means. And there's still like a lot of hustle, oh. obviously. Dude, yeah there's so much work to do even when you are signed and even when you're as big as say like a band like bring me like there's still so much work to do like that becomes your life essentially when you get to that level mm-hmm. um of like a, a bring me the horizon <laughs> or a day to the a day to remember or whatever like that um the music essentially becomes your job which is which is great if you love doing it and and it, and it becomes a job and it becomes a business um that's personally all i can ask for that's all i want to do um yeah so when it gets to that point, you still have so much fucking work to do because your, your <laughs> job is to, is to just constantly write music, constantly work with the correct people, make the right decisions. Um, and it doesn't always come down to a, lab, a label level. Like say like Bring Me, they're probably signed with some huge label, right? Mm-hmm. All the label probably worries about is if they're, you know, um, like they're active. They're, they're actively working on stuff. They're actively doing stuff to bring in revenue for both the label and themselves um Mm. because because it's it's a job um so yeah like even even at like a newly signed artist level 
there is still so much work to do um, and you'll never stop doing work, <laughs> but it should be, it should be work that you love doing. That's the whole point. That's true. <clears throat> yeah. So would you like uh, credit your success with uh, basically being yourself, having fun, or has it always been some kind of like a well thought out uh, machine, so to speak? I think it's both. When I write music, it's just about being yourself and, and just writing what you want to write. Um, on the business side of things though, you need to be very, very conscious of like stuff like budgets, stuff like um, scheduling, stuff like production, um, all, all that sort of stuff. You need to be really smart with it just because any one element that you don't think about in a release of an album could be its downfall. Like mm -hmm. you could have production that you don't put enough effort into and then people could shit on the album for it having bad production, right? Mm -hmm. um, or, your, or your advertising budget could be you know, maybe, maybe you've put too much money into something else instead of your advertising budget and your advertising budget might be too small to actually get the word out there properly. Um, it could be, yeah, it could be any number of things. So, um, on, yeah, I think, I think it's got to be a mix of both. I think it's really got to be a mix of both. Um, and I think we've tried to really do that so far. I've been really conscious of it since maybe Metropolis. Mm -hmm. I've been really uh, especially with Valiant Hearts, like Odyssey, um, our last album, I really, really tried to DIY market that myself, and it and it came out really, like, really, really respectable. Like, I think most of our videos for that album have like close to one hundred thousand to two hundred thousand views on YouTube. Wow! Um, and that was through Dreambound, so that was really oh, okay. a really a really good use of our advertisement budget, right? So that's what I kind of mean by choosing smart places to use the money that you have available for your budget. Mm -hmm. um, and we, we pushed all that, all that, um, that content to Dreambound, And that then led to Spotify plays and, you know, it kind of just all circles around and just gets the word out there more. <laughs> yeah, so, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I wanted to ask, so like, I've noticed a lot of bands that I like, they're coming from yeah. Australia. So yeah. what is in the water in australia that all these great bands are just being produced i th it is pretty weird if you ask me i don't know i can't explain it either um i think it's a mix of the fact that um i don't know i think it's i think it's because it's like su it was super underground here for a long time like mm -hmm. there were like a lot of compared to like the USA or, or Europe or any of those places that are much bigger than Australia. Mm -hmm. um, Australia doesn't have nearly as many venues as those places, not, not as big of a population, you know? So there were a lot less people here that probably were into that music. And even myself, I don't know like any of my friends that really like this sort of music, mm -hmm. like hardcore or post hardcore, whatever you want to call it. Um, it's a very niche sort of thing. So mm -hmm. I think now that all the, all the kids that were listening to that sort of stuff in the 2010s and like 2015 and all that sort of stuff, are like currently like funneling through into adulthood <laughs> to, uh, to like, they're all, they've all got enough money to make their own music now and all that stuff. I think all that underground scene from all those people that were listening to it as teenagers or kids five, five to 10 years ago, uh, are now currently all popping off and they're kind of all finally doing what they can, you know, what they can, what they can really do with their, their musical talents. Um, and, and that's exactly what happened for 
me. Like I was listening to, I think Hands Like Houses was really the band that pushed me to get into music um, or Amorosa rather. Hand, probably a mix of both Amorosa and Hands Like Houses. Um, and then I started doing just like shitty covers and stuff like that and, and working with um, Galleons back from back in 2015. And then you're not really seeing us come to making, I guess, more um, like we didn't, we didn't really start making um, music properly until like Dream Machines, which was 2018. So wow. for like those first like three to four years, we were really just fucking around making, you know, whatever we could. And then we started getting serious about it um, and started trying to actually put out actual releases and market them and all that stuff. And I think a lot of people in Australia are in the same boat that I am. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's why you're seeing so many bands like this come from Australia. Um, I just think that niche scene, that niche um, following of underground hardcore music is kind of like finally coming out. That makes like, sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know how else to explain it, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that makes a whole lot of sense because um you know in the states obviously like it was around that myspace period i guess yeah uh, and like you know the emo mall stuff like hot topic was very popular yeah. and they were pushing a lot more of the emo stuff and yeah it was just easily accessible i guess <laughs> is the way to put it but um yeah for sure and now it's kind of weird because those people that have grown out of the emo stuff, either they're still involved in it to some extent or they're into like dance, Gavin dance and yeah, just kind of more of the niche, even more niche stuff, or they've kind of taken a, a different turn to either kind of like the emo rap side or even EDM. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, I just think a lot of people in that underground scene in Australia, um, have just more grown into it have more grown into the hardcore scene mm -hmm. over time and now in like the last five five years or so they've started just finally like making the music that <laughs> um that uh they've wanted to make um for a long time since they were either teenagers or whatever but um yeah like the hot topic scene and all that stuff was never really that big in australia so i think we're playing a bit of catch up yeah and that's why so that's cool though. I'm so glad the it's still there. <laughs> yeah, me too. I just wish, yeah, that it was a bit, a bit bigger and I hope it does get bigger. I think it'll um, get bigger. Cause we've had like a few venues that have like changed, um, to be more like, uh, like we, we used to have like some venues that were specifically for like hardcore shows and all that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I'm not sure if like some of those have been affected by COVID. I'm, I'm sure they have in some way, but yeah. Um, I just hope it kind of like gets back on its feet. Right. And I think, yeah. um, and I think Russia and Japan. Oh, uh, hell yeah. Definitely still alive there. It's dude. It's so dead in the States. It's not even fun. <laughs> not a lot of people listen to this type of stuff. So it's like yeah. very frustrating just trying to have common ground, you know? Uh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but Oh God, Japan is fucking popping off at the moment with like, hardcore music with with post hardcore with because it's all in there like it's all in anime now like that's yeah like, that's what i <laughs> that's what i've been saying and somebody tried to roast me and they're like oh yeah everything from japan's anime and i'm like that's not the no. point like that <laughs> it's just a hot um it's just a hot aesthetic right now yeah yeah but like all like the anime op like we get um we get a lot of comments in our music that say oh fuck this is like an anime opening or some shit like that <laughs> and i'm like 
I'm like, Japan has been using this shit for like years. Like since like, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's like back in the nineties, like they've been using hardcore and, and, uh, and post hardcore music and, and stuff like that as anime openings. Yeah, um, for sure. Cause they're always, it's always such like, it's meant to be energetic. It's meant to be like all this sort of music that gets you like really pumped up. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's always what anime has had. So like, in a way, I kind of feel like a lot of post hardcore actually came, like was inspired by a lot of um, Japanese anime and all that sort of stuff. Mm. And then it's, interesting. it's become so popular in Japan. Yeah, it's become so popular in Japan that um, it's actually gone to the mainstream, like, like uh, what's it called? The mainstream music scene in Japan mm-hmm. um, because just of how popular anime is. Um, so I would say... That, that this type of music is actually more popular in Japan than anywhere else in the world. I can um, see that for sure. Because like, yeah, because uh, what's it called? There's bands in Japan that uh, are just fucking huge that <laughs> like have pull huge numbers. Yeah. Um, and they're like post and they're like post hardcore bands. They pull they pull numbers that are like not as big as like say like like fucking Kanye or Drake or whatever, but um, pretty big. Like, pr- pretty freaking big. Like they pull. <laughs> Like this band's like baby metal and oh yeah, made. I was gonna say like baby they're metal. Huge. They're huge, um, and yeah, and it, and it's crazy how what is what is considered a niche or like underground genre or or set of genres everywhere else in the world is like mainstream music in Japan. Mm-hmm. It's it's pretty crazy. That yeah. is pretty crazy. Yeah. Um. Well, anyway. We've been talking for a hot minute. It's crazy. It's <laughs> it's been fun as hell. Um, I yeah, really yeah. enjoyed, you know, just picking your brain on stuff. Um, yeah, absolutely. So you guys have never played a tour or anything like that, or even no, with the other band, or no, never played live. Both both uh, Australian Russian bands. Okay. Um, yeah. Have you been in a band before that? Maybe nope. played. Nope, never played live at all. So if it ever happens, I'm really looking looking forward to it um but i know a lot of practice goes into it so we'd have <laughs> yeah, to choose yeah. our songs we'd have to choose our songs very carefully so i can actually play because with a lot of valiant heart stuff especially there's like a lot of overlapping layers for the vocals mm-hmm. um so we would have to very carefully choose how we play that sort of those sorts of songs um but yeah like i'd love to play live just um it just needs to be financially possible i guess mm-hmm. because if we just toured Australia, um, we're bigger in the U.S. than anywhere else, really, which is surprising. Um, it's crazy. <laughs> uh, U.S. and Japan are our two biggest countries, I think. Or oh, okay. U.S. I think it's like a three-way. Um, uh, uh, like U.S. is first, and then maybe like somewhere in Europe is second, and then Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, so if we toured Australia, uh, like we would have to pay for flights from Russia to to get the guys over here, or I'd have to fly to Russia, and then we mm-hmm. could play shows in Russia. But um. Yeah, we, we should really be playing live first in a place that we're biggest in, which would be like the US or Europe or somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is expensive as fuck. Like, <laughs> yeah, for sure. We'd have to pay for flights. We'd have to pay for booking. We'd have to pay for um, either transport or motels uh, along the road. Um, it's just way more than we can afford to do right now as, as being as small of a band as we are. Um, really? But yeah, like... Uh, uh, no, I never played live never with any band. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. Well, if you guys ever play in Charlotte, you can always stay at my casa. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's sick. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd love to tour the U.S. because I got family in the U.S. as well. 
Um, Ken, where at? I think California and um, I'm not sure where else, but my dad's from Orange County. So no shit. Yeah. So we got I'm some a, family over there. I'm originally from California. Oh, really? Yeah. Where from? Um, we'll see my dad, my dad and all his family, uh, well, my family too, but, uh, San Francisco and oh, I was, sweet. I was born near Lake Tahoe. So that's where like Nevada and California meet on that mountain range. Yeah. Yeah. That's sweet. Um, yeah. Like touring is just a, yeah, a huge kind of a responsibility, I guess, for, for many different reasons. Um, but yeah, it would eventually, I think when we're, if, if, if we're getting the band to kind of where I imagine or, or hope it will be in maybe like five to five or so years. Um, yeah. Like if we pop off, then I'd, I'd be more than happy to tour the U S and anywhere else. That's, that's interesting. Cause um, yeah. I listened to a, um, I listened to Johnny on a podcast and my, it may have been punk rock NBA, but yeah, um, yeah. yeah, he was talking about Bill Murray and um, you know, possibly playing shows and stuff like that. But um, I think he's actually formulated a like a band now to help with that, like playing live. Okay. Yeah, yeah, um, that's cool. But yeah, like uh, you know, his his thing was totally the same as you know what you got going on right now. So yeah, I guess it just comes down to um, you know, the dem- if the demand is asked, if, then yeah, you'll provide. It's exactly that, and it's the same. It's the same thing with anything else. It's like the same thing with merch. It's the same thing with um really anything that you're you're trying to sell i guess if the demand is there like we will provide what you want um it's just it just has to be asked for really if we mm-hmm. get enough people asking you know we'll do our best to make it happen that's all there is to it that's sick man um yeah well, anyway i'm gonna kind of wrap it up that way you can go about your day i know your day just started <laughs> My night is going to start winding down and I'm going to go grab um, an alcoholic beverage. Maybe <laughs> Sounds good, later. Dude. My thing lately on the show, um, <clears throat> me and my wife, uh, we've been doing these drunk reactions because, you know, like you see regular reactions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Of, like metalcore stuff. So like we've been doing like drunk reactions and like that's been yeah, a thing cool. lately. It's been fun. Yeah, sweet. Sounds good, dude. Um, it's funny because like... Uh, <laughs> Real quick, uh, it's funny because like I didn't tag it as drunk reactions when I first started uh, started doing them. Oh, yeah, so uh, yeah. I put them out there, and everyone would just kind of roast me, and they'd just be like, <laughs> "You didn't say this, and this is not right, and this shit." And I'm like, "Damn, uh, I really should have put drunk in there because yeah, I'm yeah. just talking out of fucking pocket." <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's, it sounds yeah, it sounds fun. It's cool. But anyways, um, so we're gonna end this thing in a fun way because we started it in a fun way. Sure. So well, like, yeah. Uh, a question uh, that I asked a lot, like earlier, I, I'm kind of, kind of switch it back to this, but like, so like, what is one thing that you would ultimately change about the current state of music and the scene right now uh, that you're just, Ooh. that kind of bothers you, I guess, or gets under your skin? Um, so I'd say maybe the thing that uh, I think about most um, would be, it's it's not really in the scene it's more in it's more in the way of people that react to music that's within the scene um so a lot more music these days is starting to become sampled and all that stuff um and say like drums for example like uh i talked with uh matt mingus the drummer of dance gavin dance maybe uh a year or two ago when i went to one of their live shows um 
and he told me that even though he plays drums on the on the the, the records the studio records um when they go to be produced they will actually replace a lot of the drums with samples because yeah. samples just samples just sound cleaner they make for less work they make the mix tidier right mm-hmm. um a lot of people i feel like in this scene especially like not in the hip-hop scene not in like the rap scene or anything else it's specifically like the the hardcore scene and the rock scene mm-hmm. will shit on music that uses anything but the real instruments and it's still very mm-hmm. like it's still a very big thing that people do um i think people need to start realizing that a lot of the music these days is like either sampled or like has a, uses a lot of sample a lot of um, electronic elements or elements that are created in a studio, not necessarily from a live performance because mm-hmm. with both my bands, we don't have drummers. We, we use uh, a MIDI drum roll and then we convert the MIDI into samples for the drums. That's interesting. Um, I was going to ask you about that earlier, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of, a lot of the elements in our music um, are sampled. Mm-hmm. It takes a good engineer to make those samples sound real. Um, and even if sometimes they don't sound as real as a, as a real, as a person playing them, um, I don't feel like that should be shat on because when you go into any other genre like hip hop or rap, those songs are like 90% sampled. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's still good music. I think is, I think all that matters is if the music is good and the writing is good, who cares if the drums are like sampled or if the, if the vital, like if you have like string sections, if they're sampled, like Mm -hmm. sure, it might not sound, as good as if it was actually played but at least it still sounds good as a whole piece of music mm-hmm. um and i think yeah I, I think that's the only thing that still like uh nags me a bit about just the rock scene specifically that everyone well not everyone but um a lot of people are still i like guess purists purists yeah yeah i think and, and elitists when it comes to mm-hmm. music production and needing everything to sound like it was done by a real person. I understand that, you know, um, like they would want, like there's people that want it to sound like it's not perfect. But personally, I like when my mixes that we get back sound refined and like they, they're actually <laughs> mixed properly. And I like that they sound um, as good as they possibly can, which, which actually does involve a lot of like, it involves sampling, like whether people like it or not, it involves sampling. Um, yeah no that's so true and um i guess my shitty comparison is like um uh when i listened to like early like not earlier but like uh well yeah i guess like earlier records from back in the day like hardcore albums and stuff like that yeah um they're kind of cringy in some in some regards uh because i'm just like wow like shit just sounds really fucking good now and yeah. uh, you don't really yeah. appreciate it until you kind of like go to something that's like you know kind of uh you know earlier or whatever um, absolutely yeah. i don't know it's just different like if if you take like i don't know we'll just say like bring me the horizon like listen to their master from like their very first uh yeah you know, album yeah. till now and yeah. you're like wow like it's night and day like as far as what you can hear and what's what's in the absolutely yeah but um, i mean some like, people like that kind of stuff so it's like yeah like i i, I, I won't knock anyone for liking like actual um like production that sounds like it is, is less, I guess, produced. Mm-hmm, yeah. Like, but I'm a person that likes really, like, I don't even mind overproduced stuff. I like shit that sounds crisp. I like, yeah. Crisp and produced and, uh, that, that is done by a producer that really like put a lot of time and effort into the mix. Um, mm-hmm. that has really like really, really polished a song. Um, 
it doesn't need to sound, I guess like the, the comparison is that, it, that people that don't like sampled stuff or stuff that's too produced is that it sounds too clean. It sounds too, um, it sounds too, uh, what's the word for it? Sanitized. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I get that. I totally get that. I like both sounds. I like sounds that sound more dirty and, and super clean as well, but I think they should be, um, appreciated in their own ways. Mm-hmm. I think you can appreciate a song for having more realistic production and less, uh, less clean production. And then you can also appreciate songs that are more cleanly produced because they both take a lot of effort in different ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's my true. only thing I'd say. Yeah. And I think, um, in my opinion, and it's just my opinion, but like, uh, rock is like probably one of the hardest to record. It absolutely is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, especially guitars, guitars are a really big part of it and they need to be recorded and edited in, in, in very specific ways to get the best sound possible. Um, mm-hmm. vocals you can really do with a, um, with a sure, like a, a really nice mic and a bedroom these days, like you don't need a studio to do vocals anymore, <laughs> but I feel like guitars, uh, um, should at least be done with some, so a lot more care, I guess I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like guitars are like one of the guitars and vocals are one of the two of the only things that you can't really sample yet. <laughs> so until guitars become sampleable, I'm sure people will shut on that for a long time when guitars finally become, you know, you can, you can replace guitar parts with sampled guitar parts. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe you can already do it. I'm not sure. But um, yeah, I think that's, I think that's just the, the one thing from my side that I think this scene should really start to appreciate more. Mm-hmm. that sampling actually does sometimes take as much effort as actually playing the thing. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Sick. Good answer, dude. Um, <laughs> well, anyways, I really do appreciate you being on the show and, um, yeah, thank you for having me again. I'll go ahead and wrap it up with the intro, uh, outro and then I'll stop recording and we can chit chat after that. But, um, yeah, no worries. Any, uh, final thoughts, anything in particular you want to tell the viewers about the band, anything about to, um, you're about to release anything you want to say? Yeah, we got, I mean, we got new music still coming up. Um, so if you've had a chance to listen to our new single that's out now, um, just expect, I guess, stuff along a similar line to that. Um, and uh, hopefully every song gets better from here on out. Yeah, we got, we got a lot more stuff. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, that was Tom Byrne from Galleons. Go check out their latest release. Hate the player, not the game. Thanks again for being on the show. Let me know if there's anything I could do for you. Yeah, no worries. Thank you. Yo, that pretty much does it for today's podcast episode. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. As always, I really do appreciate it. Every listen I get, it just means a whole lot to me. And if you want to support the podcast, you can do so. There's a link down below. I think it's through Anchor. You can contribute as less or as much as you want to. And you don't have to do that at all if you don't want to. Of course, it would just be dope if you shared or something like that. Just let other people know about the podcast because all these platforms, they do a fucking shitty job of helping promote podcasts. So if you like the show, please recommend it to a friend or give me a dope ass rating or something like that. Or just keep tuning in as always because I'll keep doing my thing. I do appreciate each and every one of you. And until I see you guys on a future video... Shine on. Shine on. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah.